You're listening to the Quince podcast. All is not well for Imran Khan as he faces an unprecedented no-confidence motion against him in the Pakistan National Assembly on 9th April. The chess pieces were set for what seemed like a sure ouster by the country's opposition on 29 March, who had collected 197 votes, 25 more than the required 172, for winning the no-confidence vote in the 342-member house. But Khan swiped away at these pieces with some help from the Deputy Speaker Qasim Khan Suri, who dismissed the no-confidence motion, calling it "quote-unquote" unconstitutional, and then discontinued the session as well. And minutes later, Khan blindsided the opposition again, this time advising President Arif Alvi to dissolve the National Assembly. However, fortunes turned against Khan when the opposition took the case to the Pakistani Supreme Court, where a five-judge bench unanimously quashed Suri's third April motion and the subsequent dissolution of the National Assembly. Giving its verdict, Pakistan's apex court termed the decision to dissolve the Assembly as "quote-unquote" illegal. With the political turmoil leading up to the vote, the big question is: What's next for Imran Khan if he does get ousted as Prime Minister? And does the united opposition in Pakistan signal a consolidation of democracy? To unpack this, we spoke to Saral Sharma, a PhD scholar at the Jawaharlal Nehru University, specializing in India-Pakistan relations, and Gul Bukhari, a Pakistani journalist and rights activist. Get tuned in to the Big Story, the podcast where we dissect the headline-making news for you. And I'm your host, Emmat. In our last episode on Pakistan on 28th March, we covered what led up to the no-confidence vote for Imran Khan, and a lot has happened since then. As I mentioned earlier, Imran Khan turned the tables against the opposition in the National Assembly on 3rd April, where the no-confidence vote was scheduled to be held. Had the voting taken place, it would have been the first time that a Prime Minister of Pakistan had been removed through parliamentary process, as the opposition had collected 197 votes in favour of the motion, which included more than 20 rebels from Khan's Pakistan Tehreek Insaf. And the fact that Imran Khan was going to lose the numbers game ahead of the vote was clear for many days, with reports coming in of his coalition partners like the PMLQ or the MQM hobnobbing with the opposition. And according to an ORF paper, ahead of the vote, Imran Khan was hinting to journalists that he had an ace up his sleeve. And what took place in National Assembly took everyone by surprise. But the question is, what led Imran Khan to this point in his political career? When he rose to power in 2013, he was the favorite of the Pakistani army and enjoyed wide-scale support in the country. So, what changed since he came to power in 2017 for him to become so defiant, not just to the opposition but also to the army? According to Saral Sharma, it was a combination of factors, starting with the army slowly backing away from him and the Pakistani democratic movement staged by the opposition last year. So, Imran Khan, as we know, that he had the backing of the establishment. when he came to power three and a half years ago he won the majority number of the seats so he had the mandate and he still has the following no doubt about that uh, but the backing of the establishment was quite apparent it's an open secret in pakistan where we talk about uh, imran khan and his party and his government that it had the backing of the uh, establishment being a selected prime minister having running a hybrid regime when we talk about hybrid regime it's a uh, civilian government plus the army is backing so that is how he has been remembered as the prime minister most likely he is leaving the office on april 9th so one pivot was when he came to power and with the majority mandate 100 over 160 seats and he got the coalition partners who were who are known to be close to the establishment pmlnq and mqm p from sindh so it was clear from the beginning that 
this prime minister will continue to have the backing of the establishment but whether he'll be able to survive uh, for five years uh, as we can see right now that it is clear that he won't be able to survive it's a similar thing happened in the past as well no prime minister has ever been able to complete its five-year tenure so one was when he came to power uh, the second i would say that i mean when the opposition parties realized that imran khan uh, is was playing vendetta politics from day one so his politics his government uh, will be known as government of uh, targeting opposition uh, party leaders he came with that purpose he started targeting the opposition parties uh, from nawaz sharif to asif ali zardari of ppp he didn't leave uh, any opposition leader and he also misused uh, the government agencies specifically national account accountability bureau nab in order to target opposition leaders on corruption charges fake or not fake uh, i mean it's judicial to decide but he specifically targeted them so from day one the opposition knew that uh, they'll have to do something different this time in order to uh, target imran khan government and it's actually unprecedented that two main opposition parties of pakistan it is like bjp and congress in india uh, pmln uh, of nawaz sharif and ppp of asif ali zardari they came together in order to uh, ta uh, target imran khan government why did it happen the reason is clear that uh, imran khan was targeting them on corruption charges and they he just wanted to weaken them so that is why in september 2020 the opposition came up with this pakistan democratic movement so that was i'd say like a big development in imran khan's uh, tenure in last three and a half years that movement started slowly and slowly started weakening him and it was uh, the first year of his government when this whole movement is started to uh, come started taking shape so that is what that is uh, the second point and the third point which many people in the uh, pakistani media are suggesting that what happened last year uh, the appointment of the new uh, intelligence chief in pakistan where there are speculations i mean can we confirm that imran khan was supporting the previous the former isi chief faz hamid to continue whereas uh, chief of army staff general kamar javed bajwa decided uh, to take to have a new isi chief uh, instead of faz hamid to continue for few few more months which imran khan wanted considering the political situation geopolitical events and the economic situation but the main reason uh, according to media reports was that imran khan uh, was actually using uh, the former isi chief to target the opposition leaders so that was i think the so far the main pivot and uh, it started or gave uh stand to the opposition leaders to start their campaigning again against uh, imran khan government so that created rifts rift between the establishment the selected and the selected prime minister 
which led to what is happening right now. So there are several factors. And lastly, I mean, broadly, I can say uh, the pivot from day one was that uh, his economic policies, which were turned out to be absolute uh, failure. Now, in addition to falling out of favor with the army and his coalition partners, the dwindling economy of the country is also a big contributing factor to the no-confidence motion against Imran Khan. Record high inflation in the country crippled the country's economy, with citizens struggling to make ends meet as the price of essential goods skyrocketed. The Pakistani rupee has also lost about half its value since Khan took office. We touched upon Pakistan's economy in our last episode, and you can find the link to it in our show notes. Imran Khan's move in the National Assembly are also a worrying point, with the Deputy Speaker and President ruling in quick succession to dismiss the no-conference motion and dissolving the Assembly respectively. And then Imran Khan appearing on TV screens within minutes of this action, calling for fresh elections. According to Pakistan's constitution, once the Assembly is dissolved, snap elections are required to be held within 90 days. But with his ouster imminent in the vote tomorrow, the question which surround it is, how big of a player will Imran Khan be in Pakistan politics if he's ousted? We took this question to Gul Bukhari, a Pakistani journalist and rights activist, and according to her, given the fact that the army, his financial backers and the country's media have stepped away from Imran Khan, it is unlikely that he will have a big presence in politics. The thing is that, look, when he was in opposition earlier, he had a whole army supporting him. The army is not supporting him anymore, right? He had what we call ATMs, people who were financing him. He's fallen out with all of them. Then uh, he had, okay, so so the people who had been somehow, um, you, you know, collected and forced into PTI, they have moved off, right? They're voting against him. They're not with him. Uh, when he's in the opposition, I, I, and by the way, so the media was made to support him. Now there is no media with him. There is no Saqib Nisar who's going to disqualify his opponents, right? There is no, the, uh, the, the NAB which was helping him is uh, 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 dysfunctional right now, right? And, and so when, you know, he won't have NAB to do his victimization, he won't have the media, he won't have the army, he won't have the money. How will he make a difference? What will he do? The media is not going to uh, sort of, you know, okay, the people who provided him that container, they're not going to, they're not even going to give him a gadagadi, a donkey cart to stand on. Personally, you see, some, some people are still with him. Of course, the general theory is that General Fares is the one who has put him up to what he's doing, right? And, and with General Fares, there may be a, a, a few others. And then there are the retired people. General Pasha and those people. So, you know, that I don't think that's going to be enough to help him to sully uh, politics and democracy. So personally, I don't think so. But the question is, but I think the more important question is, you see, he can be a threat not to democracy. You see, look, uh, Imran Khan did not even have enough votes after all the rigging that the, that the army did, after all the, the pre-poll rigging, the media trials, the, the victimization, throwing in jail of people, disqualifying them, this, that, the other, so on and so forth. Even then, they could not manage to get Imran enough votes. So they had to stop the counting process at 6 p.m. And for four days, the army uh, people... They, they were taking votes out and stuffing ballot boxes, right? So, you know, now, he, so he, he did not 
he could not have come into power even then without a massive just what we call a heist right so so now he 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 is even less popular as you know watch pakistani television at all wherever any anchors go people who voted for him and people who did not vote for him you know they they are cursing him they're cursing him even his erstwhile voters are cursing him so but he will be the real question is because he will be not a threat to democracy or or the politics and and for that i've given you my reasoning that he doesn't have enough support to do that his his i think his core supporters are not that many in number right but he can be a threat to the security establishment because he he will not keep his mouth shut simple as that so the question is will he be allowed to do that that to me is a fascinating question now in addition to falling out of favor with the army and his coalition partners the dwindling economy of the country is also a big contributing factor to the no confidence motion against imran khan record high inflation in the country crippled the country's economy with citizens struggling to make ends meet as the price of essential goods skyrocketed the pakistani rupee has also lost about half its value since khan took office we touched on pakistan's economy in our last episode and you can find the link to it in our show notes Imran Khan's move in the National Assembly are also a worrying point with the deputy speaker and president ruling in quick succession to dismiss the no conference motion and dissolving the assembly respectively and then Imran Khan appearing on TV screens within minutes of this action calling for fresh elections according to Pakistan's constitution once the assembly is dissolved snap elections are required to be held within 90 days but with his ouster imminent in the vote tomorrow the question which surround it is how big of a player will Imran Khan be in Pakistan politics if he's ousted We took this question to Gul Bukhari, a Pakistani journalist and rights activist, and according to her, given the fact that the army, his financial backers, and the country's media have stepped away from Imran Khan, it is unlikely that he will have a big presence in politics. The thing is that look, when he was in opposition earlier, he had a whole army supporting him. The army is not supporting him anymore, right? He had what we call ATMs, people who were financing him. He's fallen out with all of them. then uh, he had okay so so the people who had been somehow um, you, you know collected and forced into pti they have moved off right they're voting against him they're not with him uh, when he's in the opposition uh, and by the way so the media was made to support him now there is no media with him there is no sakib nisar who's going to disqualify his opponents right there is no the uh, the the nab which was helping him is uh, uh, dysfunctional right now right and and so when you know he won't have nab to do his victimization he won't have the media he won't have the army he won't have the money how will he make a difference what will he do the media is not going to uh, sort of you know okay the people who provided him that container they're not going to they're not even going to give him a gadha gadi a donkey cart to stand on personally you see some some people are still with him of course the general theory is that general fares is the one who has put him up to what he's doing right and and with general fares there may be a, a, a few others and then there are the retired people general pasha and those people so you know that i don't think that's going to be enough to help him to sully uh, politics and democracy so personally i don't think so but the question is but the, i think the more important question is you see he can be a threat not 
to democracy. You see, look, uh, Imran Khan did not even have enough votes after all the rigging that the that the army did. After all the the pre-poll rigging, the media trials, the the victimization, throwing in jail of people, disqualifying them, this, that, the other, so on and so forth. Even then, they could not manage to get Imran enough votes. So they had to stop the counting process at 6 p.m. And for four days, the army uh, people, they, they were taking votes out and stuffing ballot boxes, right? So, you know, now, he, so he, he did not, he could not have come into power even then without a massive, just what we call a heist, right? So, so now he, he, he is even less popular, as you know. Watch Pakistani television at all, wherever any anchors go, people who voted for him and people who did not vote for him. You know, they, they are cursing him. They're cursing him. Even his erstwhile voters are cursing him. So, but he will be, the real question is, because he will be not a threat to democracy or, or the politics, uh, and, and for that I've given you my reasoning, that he doesn't have enough support to do that. His, his, I think his core supporters are not that many in number, right? But he can be a threat to the security establishment because he, he will not keep his mouth shut. Simple as that. So the question is, will he be allowed to do that? That to me is a fascinating question. Before we head on to the last segment of this episode, a short promo for our new entertainment podcast, Itni Sari Baatein. Thank God it's Friday. As you wrap up the daily grind of the week, kick off your shoes and tune in to the Quinn's weekly podcast series, Itni Sari Baatein, where you have refreshing and candid chats with India's favorite Bollywood stars. Available on all podcast streaming platforms. And now, back to the podcast you were listening to. Coming back to the episode, now despite Khan's attempts to subvert constitutional procedures, the country's democratic institutions did prevail. Soon after the political crisis unfolded in the National Assembly, in a dramatic move, the opposition approved a no-confidence motion in its own quote-unquote session after it was dissolved and declared it successful with 197 votes. And as I mentioned earlier, Pakistan's Supreme Court on 7th April ordered the revival of the no-confidence motion. A five-judge bench headed by Chief Justice Bandial described the rejection of the trust vote by the Deputy Speaker as quote-unquote unconstitutional. But the question here is the following. With the united opposition now in the fray, does it signal a consolidation of democracy in Pakistan? Could this be a sign of a shift in the country's politics? Gulbakhari, Vezan. You, you know, it's not the first time, actually. To be honest, to be honest, uh, it was like this in 2013. And they decided to work together. They formed a coalition government, the two big parties. But after a while, they fell out. They fell out. And uh, 2008, I'm sorry. So they, they had a coalition government. Then they fell out. But even after falling out, um, basically... Uh, the the PMLN kept on respecting the mandate of the People's Party, except for one violation where Miyasa went into court uh, with the memo gate. And then he apologized and he backed out. And also, when when Enli uh, came in power, People's Party uh, began with supporting them, but then, you know, they fell out again. Um, But there was a, you know, there was, uh, but what happened was that 
we saw these two parties basically respecting each other's mandates. So there was a bit of unity there because they had evolved and they had matured and they were not following the politics of the 90s, right? Trying to conspire with the third party and bring each other down. So, but but all of that was sullied by bringing in this particular man and, you know, uh, this party. But I think that this uh, one point, it is a one point agenda, uh, certainly. I don't know. I mean, I think the need of the hour is because I think Pakistan is in such a terrible uh, situation right now that it would be better if if there is a coalition government and everyone tries to work together, right? Um, but it's not natural. That's the problem. It's not natural. So I think uh, unity, it won't carry, it won't, it won't last. No, I don't think it will last very long. I think when, when, when their, when their one point agenda is established and they have to go into elections, they will obviously be up against each other, right? Uh, so, so that's the natural order of things. The no confidence vote against Imran Khan takes place on 9th April. And for live updates on this story, head over to the Quinn's website. If you like listening to this episode, please subscribe to The Big Story for episodic updates. We're available on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, GeoSavan, and most of the other popular podcast streaming platforms. For other podcasts, please log on to the Quint website. And for any feedback, please shoot an email to podcast at thequint.com. Thanks for listening. Log on to the Quince website and check out our other podcasts.